What's up, everybody? I hope you're having a fantastic day at the time that you are listening to this podcast. And welcome to the very first episode of the Jobbed Out Podcast. I'm flanked by my co-host, host of the Sundown Sports Network. Yep, you got it right. That's good. Good yeah. job. Good job. Way to okay. go. I like it. I, it, t- it took me three tries. Hey, oh for three, man. Oh for three. It's okay. <laughs> hey, one for four. That's still like two fifty. You're good. That's so good. Batting solid average. Solid twenty five percent. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna be talking about quick recap of Raw and SmackDown. We're gonna be talking about everything you need to know about all elite wrestling. We're gonna be talking about John Cena and whether or not he were, you're gonna be seeing him more on your television screen. We're gonna be talking about the real reason why Becky Lynch lost her championship and which possible Raw superstar is in for a new push but um before we get into all of that kevin why don't you uh give us a little bit uh, about yourself why you feel you're qualified to to host a, a wrestling podcast give well, us a little bit about yourself what type of wrestling fan you are uh i've been watching it on and off for like i'd have to say close to since i was in like middle school probably a little earlier about like 10 years give or take on or off I've been okay. paying attention. Obviously, I, I'm friends with you, so yeah. you, you talk about it. I, I keep you in the loop. 24-7. Good, good portion. Well, I don't know about 24-7. My bad, my bad. 23-6. <laughs> okay, fair 23-6. enough. 23-6. So, um, yeah, no, I, I've been doing, I've been watching for a while. My, obviously, my favorite wrestler, or favorite wrestler since I was a little kid is always and always will be John Cena. Okay. He's like... R- rightfully he's, so. Yeah, so I would say that. That's mostly what I got to say about myself. And okay. Anything anyone's interested about. Yeah, so I actually have a funny story about um, my the way I started watching wrestling and how much I've watched recently, how much I used to watch. So like like most kids, uh, I fell off of wrestling. I started watching when I was eight years old. Um, I watched ever since 2012. I, I even attended WrestleMania 28. So, um, is that the one where uh, John Cena yeah, faced Rock? Yeah, Rock Cena won. Yeah, that's, that's the one um, I so I watched around that time, and for whatever reason, I just I fell off. I lost interest uh, around the age of 12. And then I remember Kevin bought, um, he had WWE 2K16. Oh, for yeah, free on the Xbox. Yep, oh, for, for the Xbox One. And he, he brought me back into it. I remember it was just this huge feeling of nostalgia really brought me back into wrestling. I had seen all these names that I had no idea uh, who they were. And I'd see some old names that I fell in love with when I was a kid. So I really got back into it, surfed YouTube for hours. And I just, I, I, I got to say, Kevin really introduced me and he really got me, he really fired my passion for, for wrestling up again. And I'll always be forever grateful. Um, but right now, I, I started, my first pay-per-view that I watched again was uh, Battleground 2016. I've been watching uh, Hardcore ever since. I, I host the Job Dial Instagram page, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I've been just, just on it, just watching for a very long time. And I've been enjoying it and enough to start a podcast. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've been talking about doing one of these for many different things. Obviously, yeah. it was Sundown. I, I was on and off with the YouTube channel, and that's something that I've been wanting to launch. But I felt like this was the best way that we could just just talk, yeah, just talk like, about wrestling. I feel like something that you've been you'll be good at, and something you should have, yeah, thank you, considered doing it a, a little bit time ago. But I'm glad you finally starting to do it. Yeah, and I, I feel I feel like we have the 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 the, be, the right backing for, for the first time ever. You know, and yeah, a lot of free time. We have a lot of time that we can spend yeah, now. Best followers in the world too, and I, that's another thing. I'm I'm really appreciative of all. As of right now, as of recording, we have 19.4 thousand followers, and I'm forever grateful for all of you. All of your individual support means the world to me, because without you guys, I wouldn't be able to start this podcast. 
So, uh, you know, let's just get right into it. We're going to start off with, uh, we're going to give you a quick recap of Monday Night Raw. Um, there was, Raw wasn't that bad. It was actually pretty good. They started like off, it. yeah, they like started it. off with a Cena promo. And oh, Cena, always great. And Cena's always great. Um, always a very efficient, consistent promo guy. He gave out a really good promo and then, well, actually, he started off with a brawl, which was really weird. They didn't go into the then, now, and forever mm-hmm. uh, yeah. thing. They went straight into the Rollins, Lashley brawl. That was yeah. really good. And then Cena came out, which was a weird transition, but um, it was a great promo. And then they went into the, the six-man tag because Leo Rush and Lashley came out talking about how people need to, con- they need to contain Seth Rollins and all that. Yeah, pretty and- much control them. Yep, and talk about getting lawyers and stuff. It was Leo Rush is great, and then Leo Rush they started, still looks like a child to me. I still can't forget like what Elias. <laughs> he's really doing. young. He's in his early twenties. I, I know, but he's, he's like just so small 24. compared to Lashley, and so small compared to like everybody else. He's yeah. so tiny. He well, like he's a, consistently on two hundred five live. Yeah. He's, he's a cruiserweight wrestler. No, yeah, I'm just saying he's like a baby. Looks like yeah, a baby size. he does have a baby face. Yeah, yeah and that too just, um, just makes you laugh. So yeah, after the brawl, um, Ambrose came in support of of Lashley and Finn Balor came in support just to even out the odds as far as faces and heels. And they had a really, really, really great match, especially for a television six man tag. Um, Rollins was easily the MVP of yeah, this match. Yeah, he's gonna um, be the guy. I think that they're giving a big push. Oh to yeah, him. yeah. We're, and we're just seeing the the baby steps of it, and uh, hopefully we see the culmination at at WrestleMania. But he's the man, and he is. He's really been carrying Raw on his back for a while now and hopefully we get to see the culmination of that at wrestlemania if he gets a title shot against a uh, brock hopefully he wins the royal rumble he's my current favorite to win the rumble um i think i'm actually gonna go somewhere else i think i think as bad as in and and front runner as it sounds i think that john cena has a good shot at winning the rumble this year please enlighten me how so like well, just, what, what, how what role would he see like WWE i can see, championship, universal I can see championship? him winning the universal championship for the first time in his career ever because that's the only that title 17. that's his only title and that's the record-breaking title for him yep. pretty much to pretty that, much that, that, that would be possession. flair yeah to become be sole possession of and I can see them doing that and then him riding on out into the sunset. After. Into Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I can definitely see that happening. I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards uh, Rollins, though. I just really feel he needs to be rewarded for all, of his, for all the work he's been doing on Raw. Um, they moved into uh, Elias versus Corbin. Um, I didn't like that. No, I didn't like it at all. I like uh, Elias. I think they should have kept pushing. I think they should have beaten Corbin. And he was, it, what bothered me was that he's on such a positive... He's on such a positive trajectory. And he's been going up and up and up and just getting more and more over... over. And then Corbin beat him clean just to keep Corbin slightly stronger than he was before. And he wasn't that strong before. So it just it made no sense to me. I, it, it bothered me. Um, the promo he cut before was really well. I just I was not in favor of it at all. But to more lighthearted stuff, Hulk Hogan came out. Came back controversially. For the, for the first time in like what? Five, five uh, years, no, because he hosted, he hosted uh, Crown Jewel. Oh, okay, yeah, that's um, yeah. Great. He hosted Crown Jewel and he he did his thing there, which I was also really controversial because they thought that maybe Hogan was a a scapegoat to all the Crown Jewel controversy yeah. with the reporter mm-hmm. and stuff. But you know what? It all comes down to this: what would Mean Gene have wanted? Because that that's who this all was about. It wasn't about Hogan. It wasn't about whether or not he was a racist. It wasn't about the type of person he was. It was about what would Mean Gene have wanted. Granted, I'm sure there are a lot of people that he would have appreciated to be out there on Raw um, commemorating his life. But Hogan was as – that was as good as you were going to get. Yeah. And he gave a really heartfelt um, tribute to, to Mean Gene. And I'm not going to lie. I, I almost teared up. It was really well. It was really well done. 
So, yeah, no, it was really it was actually very very good for what he did, and it was very solid in terms of being able to push away all the hate and, and pull on the heartstrings. Yeah, no, in, in terms of ignoring ignoring the hate, pretty much, and because yeah. obviously you know there's a lot of backlash with Hulk Hogan right now, and uh-huh. with Hulk Hogan for the last year, yeah, couple last of years, years, yeah, he's had a really happened. downtrend of his life. To be for him to be able to do this and mm-hmm. not pretty much make it about himself was something. Yeah, I know, and that, that was the main thing. As long as it was about me and Gene, as long as um, it wasn't like the Hulkamania coming back to get you. Nope, and it wasn't, and it was all about me and Gene, and I really appreciated that. Um, but let's go into the the the, the Lesnar Strowman segment. This was I want to talk about. This that. was so was so bad. weird. That's what I said. It was, no, it was bad. It was pretty. It, bad. It, it, it was bad, but it was more. It was way more weird than it was bad because Strowman was there. He was in the ring and he called out Brock. And then Brock, because Brock was supposed to be a fa- it was supposed to be a face to face confrontation. And Brock and Heyman appeared on the screen. They said, "No, we're not coming out." And then Strowman was just standing there. And Strowman was looking directly at a camera that was in the ring. Excuse me. And it just looked so weird. And you could tell he either forgot his lines. Or he just didn't know what to say. It was weird because he would stand there and say nothing. Yeah. For a solid few seconds. No, I know. What you're and then he would say a, like a, a quick one-liner, and then he he said some, he made a butt joke, and it was really weird. He was like, um, "Do you do you talk as much as your butt something?" I mean, he used the he used like a different a, he, word. Too much him talking. It was just him trying to pretty much say he's talking too much shit. Oh yeah, and, and, and I don't want to say it damaged his character, but it just didn't look. It, just, it didn't it look didn't well. Any, it, it didn't do any help for anybody. No, 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 not at all. It was super lackluster, and it really, yeah. um, what's the word I'm looking for? It diminished the, the the value of the feud, and it didn't look well at all. But that was the one of very few down downs when it came to the quality of Monday Night Raw because then we moved into the. Um, the moment of bliss segment, which was really well. Alexa Bliss is always really good on the microphone. Yeah, no, she's because um, she's had the the whole injury, so she hasn't been able to wrestle. But they've done a really good job of figuring out different ways to incorporate her in the show, and they did that this way because you know she brought out Ronda Rousey, and then Ronda Rousey was um, uh, talking up Sasha. Yeah, and how she wants to face um, Sasha as her next opponent because they feel a really good match, and she's uh, the workhorse, the unsung hero, is what she said. Um, yeah, she was. But but one thing I'd say about that was is that Sasha was before this, before Ronda even came in here. Yeah. Every single week it was Sasha versus Charlotte. Yeah. Sasha versus Charlotte. Sasha versus Charlotte. It was like and tearing was, the house down every single time. Yeah. Well, it was to a point where it just got like, all right, cool. It got too much. Let's see something else. Yeah. To a point now where Sasha has been pushed in months. Yep. She has just she's, been stuck in the same character with Bailey. With Bailey, oh my god, that that they've really been wasting their time with the whole Bailey Sasha thing. The only payoff I can see is that when when the Raw or no when the women's tag team championships come this year is that you know hopefully they end up being the first champions because if not there's gonna be no payoff to that whole thing. But um, so yeah, Nia Jax comes out and she's consistently been not a great promo. Um, you know, she said something about how. Sasha doesn't deserve the. Um, she doesn't need it. She needs to get to the back of the line, and then Sasha whipped out a, a B word on television, which is something we don't normally see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and now, and it was really well because sometimes, you know, whenever Natalia would use, uh, would use the uh, the explicit, uh, vocabulary, it really didn't. It looked like it was forced, and when Sasha did it, um, in her promo, it it really felt genuine and it really felt appropriate for someone yeah. of her character to go out and say that. So. 
Um, they had a match. Sasha Challenger said, you, you and me, winner, faces Ronda at the Rumble. And that's what ended up happening. And Sasha won in a decent match. And so we're going to get Sasha at the Rumble. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you think Sasha's odds are of winning the Raw Championship at the Rumble? <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10. On a scale of 1 to 10. Zero. A solid negative 5. She, there's no way she's taking that championship off of Ronda. But I think it's going to be a really a really good feud because you have Sasha, who's the, the, the anti-face, has a bit of an attitude, and Ronda Rousey, who's the you know the white meat baby face for the Raw Women's Division. I think it's going to be a really good feud and a really, really good match. because Ronda's be really, really good. Yeah. The thing I'd say is that there's no chance in God's greener. No, no, no. She's in here with that move and then game set match. Yep. I, I still don't even know what it's called. What, the bank statement? No, not Bank. Ronda's move. No, it doesn't have a name. Yeah, that's why. I was trying to like I'm trying to pay attention every week and I just I feel like I doze off or something. No, it doesn't have a name. Uh, Michael Cole normally just says, Oh, and there's with the slam. Yeah. With the slam. And it doesn't have a move at all. But it's really it's, it's a good looking move and it's, no, no, it, it, looks it's, like it definitely hurts. works for it. It looks like it hurts. Oh yeah, I know. It looks like it hurts. I feel I feel like she could do that to me in a heartbeat. It looks like it, <laughs> I feel like you'd let her do that to you in a heartbeat. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> so Moving on into the main event. <laughs> yeah. Moving into the main event, we had uh, we had Dean Ambrose take on um, Seth Rollins in a um, intercontinental false count anywhere match because this was when uh, Seth Rollins went to the back and found Triple H and slapped the hell out of the co- out of the, out of the coffee that was in his hand. And um, again, more with the the edgy stuff that we were talking about before we started recording. Well, I mean, it's it's slowly hinting at. The hatred that Seth had with Triple H yeah. last year's WrestleMania match. WrestleMania 33? Yeah, where it was Triple H versus Seth Rollins for no, pretty much title. pride. Was no, it, no, yeah. just for pride and fighting and, back. And cost him the Universal Championship from yeah. earlier that year. Yeah. Um, it was Rollins, Ambrose in this match. And it was a really, really good match. This was the match they probably should have had at, at TLC. Um, and it was a, a really good match. And then Lashley interfered and ruined the finish. Um, but... Again, I see why they did it. It advances the the Rollins Lashley storyline, but you know I, I would have liked to see them doing do something a little more creative. The considering one thing I see here was the like the place pieces being put into place for a possible kind of rematch at WrestleMania, where you might see Triple H versus Seth Rollins. Wow! Because you start seeing where he's taking chances with Triple H and he's failing mm-hmm. and failing and failing to a point where Triple H is like, why am I going to keep giving you chances for you to fail? Yeah, which is actually the main basis of why they had their their first their first match. I remember besides him costing the Universal Championship, I remember Triple H made that a big point about we gave you everything, we gave you the world and you did nothing with it. That's actually a really good point. And I could, yeah, I can definitely see that happening because Triple H as of right now um, doesn't have a match and I'm pretty sure he's going to compete if Batista doesn't pull through. Um... But let's go into SmackDown Live. One, arguably, one of the best episodes of SmackDown Live since the brand split happened. This was a really good episode from top to bottom. Daniel Bryan's promo from outside um, into the the fan area was just hilarious. Just getting hot dogs, chucking them in people's faces. Yeah, I'm not, but it was so you can completely <laughs> tell those people were like hired actors. Yeah, of course they were. Local once hands I talent. saw, once I saw him throw no, 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 a soda at someone, I was like. No, no, yeah. If, if anyone ever throws a soda at me like that... I'm starting like to swing. I'm starting to swing. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm starting to swing. Free, a haymaker to the chin. No, it's <laughs> yeah. not happening. But it, it really made for good entertainment. Yeah, Again, 100% was really solid. Um, He goes back into the crowd, takes someone's sign, ripped it up completely. He's going full, like, he's pretty much devoting like he's going full heel he's oh yeah like, he's going 110 like, percent to this character he's doing a really good job about it too um so he cut into the pro talked about the the whole vegan thing and he's really grilling styles and then as he's uh walking into the ring our truth 
comes out and yeah, just completely starts he, wailing on him. He attacked our truth last week on Christmas Day, yeah. right? And again, more with the whole edgy stuff, and we're seeing it in a lot of in a lot of characters throughout the throughout the roster. We saw it with Rollins, we saw it with Truth, we saw it with Charlotte. It's really revitalized Becky's character, and it's really working. It's really making for entertainment uh, for entertaining television. Yeah. Um. So Brian ended up winning clean. Really good opening, and while Raw had a good opening, SmackDown just blew it out of the water like it has been for a really long time. Um, the Almazin and Joe match, Almazin, Almazin Joe versus Mysterio and Ali. While no real storyline progression really happened, it was just a good match. It was just something that to impress the crowd pretty much and get some oh, yeah. viewers because you put you see you put Rey Mysterio in. And, and Mustafa Ali. No, no, and versus pretty much Mysterio and Almas were the MVPs of these match. This oh match. yeah, they bring that that Mexican style like lucha, lucha, lucha libre kind of feel to it. Where even they hit with the Canadian destroyer that you that was that was insane. Yeah, that so was you start seeing where it's more of like a technical part and pretty much something cool to watch instead of something to progress the story long term. Yeah, it was just exactly it was just a really good match. Um, we had seen the first the first. Pile driver for the first non Undertaker Kane pile driver in a really really long time because no matter how you want to spin it when you get your head spiked to the mat it's a pile driver um, but yeah just a really really good match and it really made for a good SmackDown Live what just happened okay um, so then <laughs> Rusev came out for a promo defending Lana. Um, because Lana's at home. It still completely doesn't make sense. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense because all she did was take a back bump. But, no, it wasn't uh, even that. It's like he kicked. He kicked that guy. Who kicked? Oh, Rusev kicked Nakamura. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> Rusev, right. Yeah. Lana, so was, like, Lana was on. Lana was on Nakamura's back. Rusev kicked Nakamura, and Nakamura, fell like back. most people who get whacked in the face, fell. And Lana then fell on her back, despite the fact that she is a fully trained wrestler, and she took a back bump. She's at home resting from her brutal, grueling injuries. Um, but that was just a, a minor part in what's been a really entertaining feud so far. Um, so Shinsuke ends up on the production truck talk and replays the... Um, the video and pretty much blames yeah. Rusev. Yeah. And like, <laughs> rightfully so. And I mean, it is Rusev's fault. I'm going to be honest with you. He, he, he did kick him in the face. And then so... Yeah, I mean, it's like you're blaming, Rus- you're blaming Shinsuke for, drop- for falling down because you just... What is it? Monster kick? No, the the monster kick. Monster kicked him to the face. He yeah. just freaking super kicked him. Yeah, more line. of course. And so Rusev goes into the back, says, um, "If you're not gonna come out here, I'm gonna go find you." Um, he gets past Gorilla position, and Nakamura's waiting for him right there. He gets this massive crate and pushes it into his stomach. And just when you think it's over, Rusev is ooh, he's messing with his stomach. Um, Nakamura walks away, and then comes right back into picture and knees his head off. And I think that, and it's you know, it's the little things that matter because you see, um, like at, right after he kicks him. You see him walking out and he's laughing. And you only see that for a split second. But those are the little things that really make a heel character what they're supposed to be. Yeah. So that, that was a really good segment. And it really made for... This was this highlighted the the United States Championship because obviously they're feuding over it. And it, it really makes the United States Championship mean something again because it hasn't meant something for a while. Yeah, it's pretty much revitalizing its... It's career kind of yeah because Nakamura's first reign with um Universal, with the championship the United States title was terrible yeah it wasn't it wasn't great he would he would defend he wouldn't even defend it on some pay per views that was literally the the promos are just let's hit each other in the balls kind of thing oh uh, yeah. yeah yeah um so the Usos and the Bar had a match winner face oh no if the Usos were to win they, the, would, face, they would be they yeah. would face the Bar which is a concept that I never understood beat the champions 
in a non-title match to then face them again in an actual title match. I feel like they missed an opportunity to showcase Sanity or... Yeah, um, pretty much even, uh, another good t- another good up-and-coming team. Yeah, even Primo and Epico. Um, just whoever wins that match faces the champions. Like, um, And that's how it should have been. But again, something really, really minute, really small that went into a really good segment. So Mandy Rose comes out in a towel and we're made to believe that she has no clothes on. And um, I don't know which one it is. It always confuses me whether it's Jimmy or Jay that's married to Jimmy, Naomi. I think. But Jimmy. Okay, we'll go with Jimmy. And so and Rose and, and Naomi have had their, their separate feud. And Rose distracted uh, Jimmy. Uh, Seamus knocks him off the apron. The bar win that way. And... Rose does her thing. She goes off into the back, and then The Miz comes out, which was something really interesting because they incorporated two feuds into one match, yeah. and I thought that was really cool as far as storyline progression. Um, so The Miz comes out, um, challenges the bar to um, a championship match at the Rumble, mm-hmm. and The Miz makes his case, and they say, no, why would we give you guys a title shot, blah, blah, blah. Um, kick to the face, The Miz mm-hmm. says, and you know, The Miz says nothing because he had just gotten kicked to the face, and the bar accepted. So we have uh, Shane McMahon and The Miz versus um, The Bar. I think it's gonna be a decent match, it's and gonna be a good match. And I think actually, well, the one thing that's gonna happen is you're gonna see the Shane and Miz take over that those tag team titles. You know, that, that a lot of people have been saying that, that, that that's gonna, what's going to happen, that they're going to get gonna the championship right away. It's going to be off a fluke. Yeah, oh. it's not going to be clean. It's going to be like maybe a roll-up or yeah. someone gets kicked. Maybe Sheamus kicks his arm on the face by mistake and then Shane throws Sheamus over the ropes. And then yeah, the it, it'll be something like that because ever since they, every time they have something new in the tag team division on SmackDown, they tend to pull the trigger way too fast. And then they end up dying off way too fast. So I really, I really hope they lose, and I really hope they start from the bottom up. I really hope they start um, winning against teams like Primo and Epico. They go to Sanity, and they go through the club, and they go one by one by one until they're ready to take the championships off again. Uh, maybe even at WrestleMania. But nonetheless, this was really good. And then you had Naomi uh, brawling against Amanda, Mandy and Sonya backstage, which again... They it looked like Naomi was a tank, bro. Yeah, she was wailing on her. She was wailing on her, and she's getting smacked by... Um, Sonya. Sonya getting smacked by her abuser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's not even... like She just keeps no, going at it. She just keeps on going. She's just completely keep... no-selling everything. Yeah. And then Jimmy <laughs> came back and uh, stopped everything. So again, they, they used one match to incorporate two different feuds, and I thought that was really, really cool. They're making effective of their two hours. Oh, yeah. They yeah. were doing as much as they can in the two hours. That's a really good point. SmackDown is really, really easy to get through because it's only two hours and they pack so so much into it and hopefully that continues for the rest of 2019 because smackdown was amazing um there was also a really good main event you had becky lynch oscar and charlotte uh winner would face um winner would face oscar at the royal rumble for the smackdown women's championship and again nothing crazy just a really good match and becky won and i'm really excited to see becky and oscar one-on-one you know that they they really have um, they don't have to worry about ladders or tables or anything. We just get to see really good technical, good women's wrestling. And that was your SmackDown in Raw. A really, really good week of WWE television. Um, now we're going to move into All Elite, All Elite wrestling. wrestling. What's blowing up the wrestling world. Um, we're just going to give you guys as much as 
um, all the knowledge that we have on All Elite Wrestling because this is something that's still very, very new, but something really, really interesting. So we're just going to go through the roster real quick. Kevin, you want to read out the roster one by one? Um, Sure. Yo, you have the Young Bucks. You got Cody Rhodes. You have Joey Janela and Pen- Penelope Ford. You got Brandy Rhodes. You got Britt Baker. You got Neville slash Pac, whatever you guys want to call him. You have Hangman Adam Page. You got SoCal and Censors, which is made of Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian, which is going to be crazy. Yeah, that's going to be fun. You have Mr. WWE Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah. Which was super funny. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Named, yeah, he's very new to me. I, I didn't know who he was from until the OEW, OWE roster. OWE. Oh, I think that's a typo. It might be OEW. But whatever. A very a very discreet Chinese promotion that they that uh AEW uh formed a partnership with. And then they have Mr. Steroid himself, Billy Gunn. <laughs> Mr. Steroid himself. Um, he actually looks really good and it seems like he doesn't age. No, um, yeah, it's, that's that's the GH. Yeah, he looks amazing. So Billy Gunn actually is gonna be there is as of right now, I don't know if it was a joke or not, because the way the way um one of the I forgot which one, one of the Bucks said it was um it seemed kind of jokingly, but um, it seems like he's right now their only backstage official. And again, that's someone who's been in the wrestling business forever. He just recently, I mean, the last time I saw him wrestle was like, I think, obviously last year, but it was in the middle of last year. Yeah, at one of the, it was a while ago. At one of the uh, American um, New Japan shows. But to talk about, I think there, there are two signings here that, that really, really stick out. And one of them is being Neville or Pac. Again, that was his, his indie name. And I think this is going to be huge. Huge because as far as the Bucks, you don't really have anyone here that you can really consider like a star, like a five star match machine. And I think they, they have that in Neville. He's going to be the guy that gives you all your dream matches with the rest of the independent wrestling world. And again, also a really good personality, not just an in ring general, but a really good personality, a really good promo, a really good heel character since he turned heel even in WWE. I'm glad that he's kept it going into AEW. And I, I think Hangman Hangman Page versus Neville was the the match that they teased at the um, at the rally because Adam Page was making his case for why he's going to be the the first AEW champion, mm-hmm. and then Pyro goes off and Neville comes in in his ring gear, which I thought was was uh was really weird because they were outdoors and it was a professional it was a professional um yeah hot press conference yeah it was a professional setting and you just see him come out in his trunks um completely shirtless in his wrestling boots i thought that was that was uh cool in a in a hardcore smart wrestling fan way but um the the other signing i want to talk about that one's going to be really really huge for them but i think the one that really really stands out which was one that i didn't expect. I thought it was going to be um, something that he goes from New Japan, maybe even to WWE, back to AEW. But it seems like he's signed exclusively to AEW, uh, Chris Jericho. I Which think means they must have paid him an obscene amount of money. Oh, yeah. And he probably works minimal dates. Yeah, they locked him up too. There's a video of him signing the contract with yeah. Tony Khan. So he's going to be there for a decent amount of time. I mean, an older... <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Chris Jericho, it seems like they locked him up for a while. For, for those that are, that are listening, he just cobra'd me with a sock. Um, Chris, <laughs> Chris Jericho, this was really interesting. Literally an hour after, literally an hour after the, um, the, uh, the press conference, SmackDown had their show in Jacksonville. And, you know, at the beginning of every show, they have the WWE Then, Now, and Forever yeah. uh, and graphic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like that. And they replaced him for with... Cesaro. For Cesaro, exactly. And yeah. they replaced him just like that. I thought that was... Extremely petty, you know, to see someone who has given 
their heart and soul to that company and just completely take them out just like that. I mean, no, it's a business, and he knew what was coming, obviously. Dave. Oh, yeah. Um, of course, I, I'm, I'm sure he knew exactly what he was getting into when he joined AEW. I'm sure, obviously, he knew Vince wasn't going to like it, but this is huge, really, really big, because they needed, they needed that one name. They that needed one... a star, someone that can carry them, like how AJ Styles had done for SmackDown, how Seth Rollins was doing for Raw. Yeah. They yeah. need kind of like their John Cena kind of way. Yeah, exactly. Which Chris Jericho right now looks to be their John Cena or Cody yeah. Rhodes. They're, they're one guy that they can... Like that, a legitimate big timer. Yeah, that even casual WWE fans can look and they can say, oh, he's wrestling for them? I, I know him. Let me see who else is here. And I, I think he's going to do a, a really good job at, at drawing new viewers. Let's go into some, uh, some facts that we know about AEW. Um, supposedly, HBO Vice, which isn't the normal HBO. It's, no. They're not going to make it a big deal. But it's, it's a brand. It's a, a branch of HBO. And they're supposedly going to air a special about AEW, which uh, any publicity is good publicity, apparently. Yeah, 100%. Um, so that's really cool. Financial, their, their financial backing... This, to me, is going to be one of the most uh, interesting things when it comes to the development of AEW. Their financial backing is coming from Shahid Khan. What, what do you know about Shahid Khan? Does that name sound familiar at all? No, obviously. That's the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, part owner of the Manchester United Football Club. No, Fulham. Fulham? Fulham Football Club. Yeah, Fulham? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, very, okay. very, very... Man, you. No, that would be really cool. But, um, so it's full of, So he owns. He's obviously big time into sports, which is a lot of money. Big time into money. Yeah, obviously, but he's even into sports, and he has a lot of connections with a lot of different TV providers. Obviously, TV oh, yeah. companies. He obviously owns an NFL team, which makes which means he big big money in America. Oh yeah, he's not broke. Yeah. So <laughs> I, knows, I think I saw his his net worth is um, was it sixty? It was either six billion or sixty. Okay, let's something put it into perspective. You need at least a billion dollars. To own an NFL team, yeah, okay. Fair so he, he's he's in, he's upwards in. in oh the, yeah, he's up there. So you're gonna start seeing that this is something that he's gonna invest himself in because he's already put his image into it. He's already oh, yeah. put even the Jacksonville Jaguars image into it. Yeah, hence they, why they, their merch. Yeah, go, keep going. Hence why his mascot was the mascot for the Jacksonville Jaguars was at their press conference. Oh, was it really? Yeah. I actually didn't see that. Yeah, That's the, really cool. The mascot was at the press conference. Um, I had saw Cody Rhodes and the Bucks um took a picture in the Jacksonville Jaguars stadium. Some of their merch is in Jaguars colors and even in that same font. Um, mm, excuse me, my God. Um, but and the, the reason why I think the specifically the Khan family has gotten into AEW is Tony Khan, the son of Shahid Khan, who's um, also a part owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, but supposedly he's a huge wrestling fan. And he's the CEO and co-founder of AEW, I believe. I know for sure he's the I mean, CEO. He's for sure the CEO because yeah, of the yeah, fact yeah. that he probably... He's the one that's writing all the checks for everybody. Oh yeah, no, of course, and I'm sure he, I'm sure he's given his two cents as far as uh, the creative process that goes into AEW. But um, of course, the rally took place in um, in Jacksonville, like we've been uh, discussing. This one, I, I feel like you're gonna have a strong opinion on this. Brandy Rhodes, the chief brand officer of AEW. That's a that's a that's a shot. A shot at who? Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> well, uh, she made she made um. Her merch says uh, Chief Brandy Officer, which was a decent pun. But um, <laughs> So male and female performers are supposed to be paid equally. I, mean, I can't... There's no way of answering this question without being... Sound like an asshole. No, no, no. It's not. It's not so much because about that. I just want to see how... It happened. Yeah, I just want to see how they're going to do it because, you know... Oh, my God. I'm choking up. The... Obviously, Cody Rhodes isn't 
is definitely going to make more money than Britt Baker, not because of, you know, the whole gender thing, but simply because he works more. He works more and he produces more. I feel like to me, it shouldn't be more of an, an equal thing. It's just a matter of if Brandy Rhodes is putting on better matches and drawing more viewers, and if she's responsible for making more money for AEW, then she deserves to get Paid more money. money. Yeah, Paid no, more. It's, it's a basic, it's a basic fundamental of economics. And it's, it's simple, actually, is if you produce more, you deserve to be paid more. Exactly. Just like it's, if... It's not about race. It's not about color. It's not nope. about gender. It's just about how much money you bring. Because realistically, John... I'm just using John. As you can tell, I really like John Cena. Um, <laughs> you, you, use, you look at John Cena and see what he brings in, and you yep. compare him to Mandy Rose. Who should be paid more? Of course, John Cena, because he, he's the ratings booster, and he's, he's the breadwinner when it comes to WWE. It's like the same question. Is, it's like saying, why doesn't an NFL quarterback get paid the same amount of money as an NFL running back? Because he's more... One's more important and one and brings in more money. Yep, exactly. Um, it's okay, we're on the same page with that. It's not, it has nothing to do with the whole gender thing. It's just a matter of if, who deserves... If, one per, if they're bringing the same amount of people and doing the same amount of work, then they, they're not all for it. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. And if, but if... Uh, I'm not going to say Kenny Omega, we'll get there. But uh, if the Young Bucks are just putting on better matches and if, if they're the reasons why they're getting more and more viewers... They deserve to get paid more than a Chinese wrestler from OEW who's, you know, I've never heard of anyone that was there or anyone that's coming over from that Chinese promotion. So I thought that was really interesting. It's going to be really cool to see how they uh, how they regulate that. Um, rumors were swirling about AEW and uh, Tony Khan using his connections as a very wealthy businessman to get a national TV deal with either TNT or TBS. Two really, really big... Um, TV, TV companies, TV broadcasting uh, systems. And it's funny because uh, Turner was the... Original home. Oh, yeah. The original home to WCW. So it's clear their, their wrestling roots are still very deeply embedded in their company. And it's... Um, I mean, I don't think Turner's going to take any shot of wrestling once again. Cause, you you know, don't think so? No chance. I, I, I can see why, but I really hope so. how many times they failed. Because they failed a couple times. It's not like they failed once in WCW. They, they pretty much tried revivory and then... Yep. Yeah, no, it, it it didn't go well. But I I can see why they wouldn't take a shot, but I really hope they do. Yeah. Because this is something that will blow up the wrestling world. Because if another if another American if another North American company gets a TV deal that big, uh, Vince is he's got to be crapping himself. Because yeah. at that point you're a legitimate threat. Because yeah, you have impact. They're on pop or whatever channel they're moving to next. Yeah, they move on like every other year, which I, I see as like the main reason why they're never going to be a legitimate brand. Oh yeah, it's definitely times, one of them. They're super inconsistent. How many times have they moved companies? How many times have these? They rebranded. They went they from GFW they, to Impact they, and they, from they, TNA. Their main, I think um, their main like pretty much their their managers has been changed from time to time to a point where. Oh yeah, backstage staffs are. Always I have changing. no idea who in God's name their manager is now. No, I, I couldn't even tell you either, to be honest. I, I really don't know who's running the show over remember, there. I remember it used to be, it used to be um, Jarrett? Jeff Jarrett, and then it used to be Dix, 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 uh, Dixie Dixie Carter. Carter. Then it was the, um, the guy from Rolling Stones. Oh, um, Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan. No, not Rolling Stones, Smashing Pumpkins. Sma- Smashing the Pumpkins. He, who is, is, the, is the president of the MD, uh, NWA right now. Yeah. And he's doing his thing with the NWA uh, um, championship with um, Nick Aldis. Um, but back to the, the TV deal, if they get a TV deal, they, Vince needs to start taking caution because no, no, the TV deal is huge. No, a threat, the, the, the threat's real. Oh yeah. To the point where now you have competition. So now your product 
needs to increase. Oh yeah, and and we're gonna see just much better television, and we're gonna see whether they really want to start listening to the fans like they promised. Well, I mean, I think I, I think they've done a really good job so far. Yeah, they've been doing a decent job. You've seen some changes. Yeah, I do for sure think that they have been taking those right steps forward, and I think they conti- will continue taking the right steps forward. And they will definitely have to start taking the right steps forward if uh, that AEW TV deal um, starts kicking in. So that's something to look out for. And you gotta remember now they they're no longer gonna be. On a main major channel, who SmackDown and Raw? SmackDown will be. SmackDown's gonna be on Fox coming well, Fox uh, late twenty nineteen. No, 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 Fox. Channel seven. Yes, like Channel seven. Wow. I as, far, as far as as far as I'm concerned, what I had, what it's I had Fox. Done research was it was Fox Sports. No, no, no. Originally, the rumors were that Fox Sports, the Fox Sports was gonna get NXT, and then Fox was gonna have SmackDown. But no, Channel seven, SmackDown, Friday nights. Oh wow! So it got bigger. Wow. Yeah, Friday night primetime TV, and that's why they're floating in money right now because that's a, it was almost a, b- a billion dollar TV deal. That's why they're snatching up indie talents like it's nothing. That's another thing AEW has to watch out for to make sure that WWE doesn't completely swamp the independence. I mean, the the one thing everyone makes it seem that the only thing that WWE will have over everybody, even with Khan here, is that their money yeah. is completely tied to wrestling. Like, oh yeah, Vince McMahon is. Company has always been the WWE. Yep. Khan is not going to over overburden himself. Yeah, because he's got other ventures. Yeah, he obviously has his soccer team, his NFL team. He has to worry about that. Yeah. To your point, we're going to see Vince McMahon, who also has to worry about an NFL. Not an NFL. The XFL in 2020. The XFL, but he has his daughter. He obviously has Hunter Hearst Hemsley. Yep. <laughs> Hi, you like that one? Yeah, I do. <laughs> then you have, he has Shane McMahon, obviously owning already owning stock in the company to a point where now they're the ones that are going to be making decisions and hunter or triple h is really good at at swooping up talent from other people's companies. oh yeah yeah no that's definitely going to be something that AEW has to worry about but then hand in hand wwe is really gonna to have to worry about whether AEW pulls a trigger and the other thing they have to fear is that it's all happening so fast like they, they made the announcement january 1st a week later we found out the roster a week later they had the rally it's all happening so fast and it's, it's something really really interesting to see yeah, no, it's gonna be cool to watch and keep keep somebody keep tabs on. Yeah, um, another really interesting thing we should be expecting promotions such as PWG, Triple uh, A from Mexico, DD Pro from J- Japan, and Wrestle One, which I had actually never heard of. Yeah, neither have I. I've never heard of that in my life. Um, let's see, just some some important quotes that they said about the what product we should actually be seeing um, on television. Uh, Cody Rhodes says uh, wins and losses will matter more than ever. It's funny. Uh, you're gonna like this because. I feel like the way that they're marketing the product of AEW is the same way Vince is marketing the XFL. Yeah. Um, he's t- taking everything that fans don't like about WWE, and that's what he's going to do with AEW. Um, a la this quote right here, uh, wins and losses will matter more than ever, as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, fans won't be forced to like a certain wrestler. They can cheer or boo whoever they want, which is something that WWE has had a huge problem with in recent history. Mm-hmm. Um, they, again, after the tragedy or the unfortunate events of Roman sickness. Um, I mean, fans, but I thought the fans were kind of going up, not turning towards Roman, but everyone was starting to like him more than ever. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate that that's what it had to come down to, but it's only going to make for a really, really awesome return when he comes back. Minor setback for a major comeback. Exactly, exactly. Um, But even before that, they were rejecting Roman for three years almost, or three to four years. Mm -hmm. And Cody Rhodes is just completely going the opposite. You can cheer, boo, whoever you want, regardless of whether they're face or heel, because in wrestling, you need to have um, heroes and villains. And But what Cody is saying is just doesn't matter what they are you cheer and you boo and you have a good time regardless so again they're really really good marketing and i think that's going to make it's going to be 
just a, uh, a small reason out of many of why they're going to succeed really well, or at least I hope they will. Um, let's see, we got Mac Jackson says, All talent, no matter race or religious views, are welcomed into AEW. All they need to be is elite. Um, this one, I think, goes to the, the contrary of the whole marketing scheme because I haven't seen an instance of WWE um, neglecting anyone based off of their religious or um, sexual preference or their race or their color or I mean, anything I think else. That, I think it was more of a, just a statement trying to ca- catch some heat. Maybe. Oh, yeah. It was just it a matter of just gaining new audience, just something interesting yeah. to say. Um, I mean, it's good to know. That yeah. they're not neglecting no, people yeah, of religious views. No, obviously, to know that. Um, again, it, it could have gone unsaid, but uh, thank you, Matthew, for, for letting us know. Um, Khan is supposedly funding uh, $100 million into AEW. That's crazy. Uh, it's absolutely insane, considering how, um, how fast. It, it's all happening so fast. They, I mean, they were literally just wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom, making the, uh, good money as, um, as wrestlers for New Japan. But here they are now just a little bit less than a month later, having their own wrestling promotion, their own vision funded by a multi-billionaire. Uh, it's, it's all really, really good for professional wrestling, and hopefully it's going to um, increase um, WWE's game, which is what we talked about earlier. Cody, Matt, and Nick Jackson supposedly all signed to five-year deals, so they're going to be locked up for a while. They're going to be there for a while. Hopefully everything goes well. Well, yeah, you better. When you when you're, five year deal, that's yeah, a long time. When, when you're growing something from the ground up, you better. Hopefully, it takes that long to see it really reach their peak. Um, AEW has registered, uh, registered trademark filings for All Elite Wrestling, AEW Tuesday Night Dynamite, Double or Nothing, uh, AEW Double or Nothing, and some logos as well. And then the uh, the other big one was um, dub, the announcement of Double or Nothing, which is going to happen May 25th in the MGM Grand with 17,000 fans, which is at least. About a good six grand from uh, an increase from All In, which uh, All In sold out. Um, so we're going to close out with um, this one question. Should Kenny Omega sign with WWE or should he go to AEW? Why or why not? Kevin? I, it's a tough one, actually. I don't really... There's not going to be a preference for me, to be honest with you, because I think wherever he signs, he's going to continue doing what he's done for the last... Yes. What, five, five years? Four years, give or take? Yeah, 2016 was when he really, really blew up into the so mainstream yeah. audience. So, like, four years. Yeah. You have four and a half-ish years. Yeah. He's going to keep on uh, putting on his... Um, amazing matches, amazing, amazing matches, promos. changing the wrestling world. He's making... A, he's proving to everyone why, like, he's... Why he's the man. He's the next... He's, he's a, he pretty much loves living a free agent life kind of way. Yeah, To a point where way. he... Does loves for people to talk about him, which is smart. Yeah, definitely. Because something where he keeps him in the limelight. Yep. And, and and for me, I think wherever he signs, he's he might pull what some people call the LeBron James deal, where he just signs a one year deal and comes back next year. Yep. For the big what if question. For the big question of oh, is he signing with WWE? Oh, is he signing with him? Oh, mm-hmm. is there? It's just a big what if, and I think that's where he's, they're gonna attend. Like that's where I think he's gonna do. Which I, I if in reality I don't think WWE does one year deals very well. No. With big time talent. No, they don't. See, this this is my thing. AEW, as of right now, doesn't really have anything to offer Kenny. 
And Kenny and WWE, they're going to lay out everything for Kenny. They're going to give him uh, millions. They're going to give him, I'm not going to go as far to say creative control, but they're going to make sure they're going to do anything they possibly can to make sure he's happy. And I just don't know what AEW can offer him right now. Granted, we have all this information about all the money and the maybe TV deal. I just feel like Kenny Omega is really, really secure in WWE. And all he's doing is prolonging the inevitable because he's going to be in WWE at some point. To me personally, I feel if you don't eventually do what you did in the independence in WWE, you haven't really cemented your legacy in the wrestling world because WWE has extreme limitations on how you can wrestle, how you can talk, um, how you can you know, advance your character. Yeah, it's also the biggest market though. Oh yeah, and you can do what you want, you can do what you love on the biggest stage in front of millions on TV and in front of tens of thousands in arenas and in stadiums. Uh, the Royal Rumble is going to be in, uh, in mm-hmm. front of 40,000 people. Um, so exactly. for me, I don't think AEW even needs Kenny Omega. It seems like they have a really good basis that they can rely on. The independent scene is still thriving despite what a lot of people are saying about WWE uh, almost gutting the independent scene. I really think they're going to be fine, especially now with AEW. Um, so I'm going to lean more towards Kenny Omega like needing to sign with WWE, he's done all he can. He's been IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, he's done everything. Reign. He's put on star performing matches with literally everybody in the independent scene. He's done it against Bullet Club. He's done it against literally everybody. There's just nothing left for him to do besides see if you can replicate that with more limitations in the WWE. So with that said, that wraps up our very first episode of the Jobbed Out Podcast. Thank you guys so, so much for all of your individual support. Every single person that listens to this podcast and that follows the Jobbed Out account means the absolute world to me. And honestly, just stay tuned for more because we're going to try and get as much content to you as far as the podcast as I possibly can. Leave feedback. Let me know what you guys thought. Let me know what you guys liked. Let me know what you guys didn't like. Let me know what you, um, what you guys thought of every topic. Did you guys like Raw and SmackDown? Do you guys think Kenny Omega is going to sign with WWE? Or AEW, let me know because one of my favorite things about doing this podcast and about running the the Instagram account is being able to interact with you guys from and being able to talk to you guys directly. So with that get with that said, thank you guys so much and stay tuned.